Express newspapers. Yes, good morning. It's James Quantock from BGC. I represent Nigel Farage for literary endeavours. So, Mr Farage has written a piece he would like to pitch to a few newspapers. Uh, Now, I have a few contacts at the Mail and the Express, which I'm sure would be very keen to take a look, but he feels the Express would be the natural home for this piece. I see. Now, I'm sure you have a process and a mailbox for, for this sort of stuff, but I thought rather than us sitting around waiting, I could just quickly give you the nuts and bolts and you could tell me if you agree that this piece fits editorially quite well with the Express. Well, I mean, it's not really I, how I know, we I know, do but this. Just hear me out. I, I think it's going to fit perfectly with your with your output. So, yeah, here we go. Okay. Okay. So, the working title. Um, let me just get his email open. Let me just get this right. The working title. Yes, here we are. Uh, I am an unkissable toad who was quite clearly starved of oxygen in the womb. And I now live a comfortable life as the Grand Wizard of the Grifterati. And also, I fuck livestock. I am... Uh, what? <laughs> so, what do you think? I, d- I, I don't think we can print that. Well, I, I, I mean, is there <laughs> is it, is it something in there that you need to fact-check? Because uh, I don't think you, you did that Look, anymore. This is the Express. I think you want... Have I got news for you? Well, no, no. Which or part something. is the blocker here? Let's, you know, let's let's workshop this. No, let's not. No, no. Let's let's break it down. Is is he an unkissable toad? Yes or no? Maybe you think he's a kissable toad, but just zero princesses have ever kissed him to turn him into a charming prince. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, but fine. I. Do you think he was starved of oxygen as a fetus? No? Yes? I have no idea. Okay, well, do you think readers might have a reasonable expectation that he has had intercourse with other animals? Other animals? Because I think there's a story that express readers are going to want to hear. I'm sorry that you're being the bloody bottleneck here. Cancelling Nigel's voice. Nigel's rich, baritone voice that some publications, not the Express, admittedly, but, you know, the, the Shire's Wire... Described thusly. Okay. Look. His delivery is plain and emotionless, like observing an autistic orgasm. Wait, oh, no, hang on. Jesus that's, Christ! That's, that's the that's the wrong quote. That's that's probably a bit problematic, even for the fucking express. Any, anyway, so it's it's a no, is it? I'm I'm taking this to the Telegraph, am I? Take it anywhere you like. I have to go now. I am very busy. Well, thanks a lot. You you've ruined this morning for me. Well, I, I am sorry to hear oh, that. What, what a crappy birthday. OK. Bye now. Oh, whatever. Nige, Nige, they said no. Can you put the llama down? Welcome, welcome to this special post-Christmas pre-New Year edition of the podcast. It's episode 137. It's Aide Thompson and other disappointments. I am your host, Aide Thompson, and if it's your first time here, pull up a pew, grab yourself a stiff drink, because this show is for anyone who finds themselves staring into the political void. You know, emotionlessly eyeballing this uh this 
god-awful dystopian timeline in which we find ourselves. But also it is indeed for anyone who wishes to ride the wave of gallows humour into the night. Let me be your light at a dark time, guys. I realise that makes me sound, um, you know, a bit, uh, a bit Jesus-like, right? But, you know, fuck it. I'm going to let it ride. I'm feeling it. Co-opting the Jesus on his fucking birthday. <laughs> or pretty much. That's the right move, I think. And it fits in, you know, with the whole cult thing too, doesn't it? Gather now, people of the booge, and come unto me, those who might feel sad. Maybe you're like, wait, wait um, will you... Will you make us feel happy? No, 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 no. I will just give you more reasons to feel sad. And I'll tell you, tell you the reasons that I also feel sad. And then we'll, we'll let your brain do that sort of catharsis empathy thing where you feel good for having known someone else feel sad, right? Like that misery likes company thing. That is the trick right there. And you know what? Like maybe if I waterboard you, with enough depressive fucking awfulness, you'll just sob in hysterics, you know? Just inconsolable hysterics, right? So then later on, you think back, having listened to this podcast, you, let, like, you think back, your memory of it, you're like, well, I remember feeling good that someone else felt bad, you know? So I kind of like ish felt good listening to it. And I remember being in hysterics, right? So I guess it was a good show. You know, <laughs> that is that is the trick of this podcast. That is the USP. That's the sweet spot. The Jedi mind trick right there. We're on some, you know, culty Jedi shit here in this Binfluencer cult. And remember that, by the way. Yes, you know. I'm on social media, and yes, you might have found me on TikTok or Twitter or whatever. You know, yes, I'm putting out a shit ton of content. But we are not what you would call influencers here. We are binfluencers. That is where, you know, I'm not inspiring you. I'm not, you know, pushing out some overamped, always positive live your best life nonsense we are influencers instead here in this cult it's not you know it's not uh it's okay to not be okay it's not that it's everything is shit now pass the fucking brandy that is very much the vibe of the <laughs> of this podcast i'm starting starting on an uplifting tip here anyway speaking of the cult that I'm starting uh, over on Patreon. Here's my, you know, my standard spiel. I'll set out my uh, my stall for you guys in case you haven't listened to this this show before. If you want the podcast two days before everyone else, and if you want access to the VIP Discord chat that we have and the in-person meetups, like the one we just did in Brick Lane, if you want first look for the tickets, you know, for like the, the live show, we're doing a live show in February, which is now sold out. 200 seats, I might add. Uh, then, if you want all of that, join my cult of depressive humorists and, you know, influencers at patreon.com forward slash aidthompson. And look, we are on 
We're on 13 members now. That's pretty good. I'm quite... I'm pretty chuffed with that. 13 members. And, you know, I mentioned it's a cult, right? When it, when it gets to 25, I... Here's my commitment to you. When it gets to 25, I'm going to do a full-on Sunday service <laughs> in London. The shit is going to reach parodic levels of cultiness, right? Like full-on pagany priest garms. You know, like, I don't know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, you know, Jesus, fucking, what, tw 25 members? Like, don't don't let it get to, like, go to your head. Like, I am going to let it go to my head. I am going to wear priest garms. And give a sermon. I am the son of God. No, wait, that's too much. That's <laughs> too far. But yeah, there probably will be, you know, a Sunday service or sermon-y thing, you know, a piss-takey thing like that. And there probably will be a little punch bowl that has Kool-Aid written all over it. And, you know, I think it'd be quite, it'd be fun. Maybe I'll call the event Jonestown, you know. I'll walk around with, like, Jim Jones shades on to all the Patreon backers. Like, do you want more, more Kool-Aid? Do you want some more Kool-Aid? Yeah, no? Drink up? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I figure, I f like, here's the business plan with it, right, if, if you're interested. I figure as times get harder and people get more desperate, you know, people are going to get into the idea of a cult right like because it, it, it starts with populism people get more desperate they're more susceptible to over promising and populist policies like it starts with populism believing whatever overhyped bollocks boris johnson or trump foghorn at you it starts there but then as shit gets worse which it inevitably will do i'm sorry to tell it to you like that but it will do things are going to get worse it starts with populism and it ends with all-out cultism, right? And I am here to catch that train, guys, with this podcast. This is my time. So, yes, look, if it's your first time joining us for this uplifting, positive and life-affirming content, um, it's, you know, it's a humorous look at the world of politics and dystopia and, and whatever the fuck else I fancy talking about over a beer with you. If you're here for this and it's your first time and you're enjoying it or whatever, jump on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson if you're into it. Anyway, look, let's get into it. Let's talk about what's been going on. Sometimes I roast the news. Sometimes I rip into current affairs a lot of the time, admittedly. It's pretty much all I talk about. But anyway, other times I just, you know, take a break from that. Have a beer and talk about whatever the fuck is on my mind. And tonight is one of those times. What's been going on? Christmas has been going on. The hype is over. It's happened. Uh, you know, 2,000 years ago, in fact, it happened. But yeah, anyway, look, presents exchanged. The food is all gone. Wine bottles are all emptied. Now join me for the hangover. So how was your Christmas, dear listeners? How did how did it go for you? Did you did you get what you wanted? Did you um did you get in a row with your dad? Again? <laughs> did Brexit come up? Did some mail reading great uncle 
start frothing about, you know, well, you know, th 30 grand is uh, 30 grand is actually a reasonable salary, to be honest with you. I, I don't know why they're striking, you know, so I think somebody's looking for a payday, aren't they? I, I, if you don't like it, don't work there. Simples. Was that your great uncle saying shit like that? I always feel like saying simples is... <laughs> saying simples is one of the, the holy trinity for me. Like saying simples, you know, at the end of your sentence. Punctuating it with that. It's one of the holy trinity. Saying simples, watching Mrs. Brown's Boys and fucking Lad Baby. Those three together. Like if you like one or all three of those things... You should be welded in a shipping container and left in the Arctic. You just fucking should. But anyway, was that, was that your Christmas? Did you have to deal with that uncle? With that dad? That frothing? You know, blood, blood, bloody nurses. They used to care about patients. When I was a lad, now, now they're just looking for a bloody payday. You know, that sort of thing. Did you have to deal with that? Like, did it take all the force of the Earth's gravity for you to not tip the fucking table over? <laughs> Is this ringing a few bells for you, listeners? Were there other parts of the world left with no gravity? Because <laughs> it, it took it all for you to keep your hands down from tipping the Christmas dinner over. People fucking floating in the air in Rio because gravity was busy in Leicester. <laughs> Holding you back from ruining Christmas and breaking your mother's heart. Christmas is a magical time. I don't know, man. It's funny, isn't it? It's... I swear to God, if I did kick off about Brexit, right? If I did not keep this shit bottled up when relatives come out with utter fucking nonsense, if I didn't keep it bottled up, if I did just let it out, I would be the bad guy. I just would be. That is how it would be seen. Like, how about that shit? How does that work? You know? Like, if they lie or, or come out with, you know, just political bollocks, which I'm not, you know, I'm not letting this podcast descend into, you know, full-blown, self-fellating, backpattery just yet. But I am going to say, like, I know a thing or two about politics these days. It's kind of my wheelhouse. So maybe, maybe I know better than them. I don't know, you know? But if I correct them, if I, in all my good grace and selfless familial love, if I let the truth unfurl into that exchange, I could promise you I would be the bad person in that scenario in light speed. It would be like it wouldn't even be close. I would be seen as the bad guy for being like uppity or, you know. Like if your uncle. And it could be an aunt, right? I don't know why I always go to uncles like they have the, you know, hegemony of talking ill informed 
right-wing dog shit at the dinner table. But, like, I don't know. If your uncle, let's say it is an uncle for this example. If your uncle started talking some shit about the strikes or Megan or lockdown in the same way they always do, you know, it's like they're possessed. It's like they're... There's some levitating entity in a seance, you know, eyes rolled back, speaking in tongues, whatever bullshit Dacre and Murdoch want them to brainlessly retail out. You know, they're like, lockdown has killed more people than COVID and Megan knows that. And nurses should be grateful that they still got a job in a world with fake pandemics and useless jabs, you know, just speaking in tongues retailing that shit out just nonsense seanced from the editorial corridors of gb news if we did kick off when we heard that nonsense it would be oh why why do you always have to make a fuss there like that is what it would be right and then you would be like well because because uncle paul keeps talking rubbish that he read in a paper and none of it is true. 30 grand is not a reasonable salary in London for a nurse. Their hours have gone up. Their rents and gas bills have doubled. And then it'd be like, well, you know, you know what he's like, though, you know, like that hasn't happened in my family. Right. No one is anti-vax or, you know, riled up about Megan or whatever. But there's been, you know, shades of it. There's been, like, you know, comments about immigrants here and there. You know, we're in the neighbourhood of that sort of shit. Like, so, so shit could have kicked off in years gone by if I had actually bothered to address the shit, right? If I'd actually vocalised my disdain for it, shit would have kicked off like that. And those would have been the responses. I can promise you. You know what he's like. But it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, it always feels like in that setting, if you did pull them up on it, then you're the bad one for redressing the bullshit. Like, why do you always have to make a fuss? Like that thing, you know? You'd be seen as a troublemaker for dismantling and aggravating your uncle like it's not just me is it like if you're listening to this and you're you're about my age or un uh, younger like i'm 42 i think it would be like well well you know what he's like you know like that that sort of vibe or or even worse it would be seen as i'm being disrespectful you know he's my elder i should respect his opinions and his beliefs and uh it's just it's like his badness, for want of a better word, is just how it is. It's just there. It always was and forever it shall be. You know, you should know what he's like and leave it be. He's incapable of change and indeed critical thought aid. I mean, how do you think he got like this? You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, your badness, which is ostensibly saying... Uncle Paul, what, what you're saying is uh, is actually untrue. Like, that is your crime, is just saying that what he's saying is untrue. And yet that would be the greater crime. Like, it's kind of fucked, isn't it? You're causing trouble 
by shining a light on it, (laughs) by speaking truth to your uncle's lies, by being the whistleblower, guys. That's that's what we're being. Why should we be surprised? You know, us us whistleblowers never have it easy. Me, Chelsea Manning, Edward Snowden, we are the same, guys. I am being shut down and ridiculed in my family for, for speaking out, for exposing lies wherever they may be, at great cost to myself and those closest to me. I should win the Stuttgart Peace Prize, dear listeners. <laughs> I mean, look, I know, I know I'm being somewhat, um, you know, theatrical here. Like, that, that wasn't my Christmas. I didn't rare up. I don't have an Uncle Paul. But as I say, you know, over the years, there have been comments here and there where I have had to fight the urge within to not roll my eyes and have my whole body follow them out the fucking room, you know? Like, this year's Christmas miracle is how my eye roll managed to escape that gravity pull momentarily, right? I have no idea if this is all just a British thing, you know, like the the Christmas family arguments. Like, is it just us that do this? Like, do other countries have the family row at Christmas? Or is it like pantomime? Like, it's a sort of, you know, it's kind of Christmassy, but no, like you go to America and go, I went to see a pantomime, a a fucking what? A A pen of what? Like, is a Christmas family row just a British thing? Again, not that we did it at my mum's place. It was, you know, it's pretty tame. No arguments. No, you know, raised voices or anything. But, you know, the cliche is that everyone gets hammered. And I'm talking about, you know, the British family row cliche, right? The cliche is that everyone gets hammered. Someone says something dumb about politics or even something completely not political, right? Just something a bit sensitive. Something that's been bubbling under for years, perhaps. Someone just talking through their arse. And then maybe maybe a younger, slightly more switched on niece or nephew corrects them. And this person can't stand being corrected. They feel attacked and hammered, probably. <laughs> so, so they dig in and they back themselves into a corner. And then the whole shit rears up. Like, that is the cliche british christmas day argument isn't it maybe it happens in other countries i don't know but but i do quite like the idea of you know like how we're british and we keep it all bottled up right stiff upper lip manners at all times but then once a year (laughs) one once a year that's a magical day that happens and we just let fucking rip at the peace and people we're supposed to love the most (laughs) like like i like that that's how a lot of british families operate that one day a year like it's so deliciously juxtaposed or whatever you know like it's jesus christ's birthday (laughs) it's a time of celebration it's a time for family and we're like, no, fuck you, Daphne. You've been a leech on this family since you was a kid, you know? And she's like, what would you know about when I was a kid? You're always on the fruity in the British Legion. <laughs> How dare you? You're no daughter of mine. If I was a leech, 
Maybe I should have disguised myself as a fruit machine and you would have ploughed Mum's house deposit money into me, wouldn't you? Get out, Daphne. You've ruined Christmas. You've ruined everything, Daphne. And then the mum steps in like, stop it, the pair of you. You're tearing this family apart. So, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, I don't know what your Christmas was like or, um, or what they're normally like in years gone by, you know. But there's usually a comment here or there where you could rear up, you know, if you wanted to. There's something there where you could just, you know, go, right, that's fucking it, you know. Smash your pint glass in the corner of the room. But whether you do or not, it's kind of up to you. Do I want to ruin Christmas? Should I just, you know, fucking take it on the chin, let it go? Like a typical example, right, of, the, of what I'm talking about. No one has said this in my family, but this is the sort of thing that... I would hear from someone's other half or like an in-law or, you know, someone like a sort of periphery family figure, right? Typical example. It would be like somebody saying, well, we tried to get away, didn't we, Shelley? You know, we we, we tried to get away uh, and then uh, the queues were just awful, just awful, you know? But, but I'll tell you what, it's it's nothing to do with Brexit. They keep saying it's Brexit, but it's no, is it, love? It's nothing to do with Brexit. Like, nobody said that shit in my family, but that is the sort of thing that somebody would come out with, you know? Like, that is the sort of comment that sets me the fuck off. <laughs> Because I know about this stuff, but I can't do anything because then I would be the troublemaker. You understand? You still with me, guys? So instead, what do I do? I just quietly exit the convo. I'm like, yeah, I, I just need to, um, I just need to go to the loo. You know, and then they'll be all like cheeky and funny. They'll be like, oh yeah, number one or number two is it? I'll be like. It's neither. Just walk in the bog, lock the door, and sit there for 15 minutes. 15 minutes, sitting in a toilet, happier, trying to have a shit that I don't need than sitting out there listening to that nonsense. Like, that is... That is a sort of normal example of what I'm talking about here. Just let that, you know, sit in, a, sit in the bog and let that storm cloud of hate and judgment pass over, right? And then hopefully when I come out, everyone's raving about fucking Mrs. Brown's boys or Love Island instead, right? Like, fuck me, I sound pissy tonight. Sound fucking bitter as fuck. I mean, look, cards on the table, guys. My Christmas was pretty tame. I'm just asking if that was yours. Like, if this rings any fucking jingle bells for you, you know? I'm just peeling your onion here. I'm peeling back the layers of your trauma for my own amusement. And, you know what, in reciprocation, fuck it, you can have mine. Because there, you know, there wasn't really any ignorant comments or Brexity rows at mine. Um, at my mum's, but it's not without its its creases, right? Every family's different. Maybe you had a Brexit row. Maybe you had a COVID and mask and lockdown blowout. Every family's different. 
we have our own thing. So anyway, look, we've covered yours, imaginary listener, who had that big blowout. You called your dad a fascist, tipped the Christmas tree over. We've covered yours, fantasy listener, who behaves precisely the way that I wish I could actually behave sometimes. That was yours, say, right? I shall now return with similar honesty. So, so this was mine. This was my Christmas. Here we go. I get up in the morning. Christmas Day, we open presents. The kids are adorable. Everyone's excited, you know. Then me and the missus get coffees and wrapping paper everywhere. And then we have, like, eggs and, uh, what, like, toast. And we're all wearing winter jumpers. And, like, so, so, so far, so normal, right? And I've had a pretty good year. This is all contextualizing it, so just bear with me, right? I've had a pretty good year, I think, ish. Like I've spent I've spent a large part of it, you know, shitting myself inside out about the gas bill and about how much our mortgage is gonna soar by next year. But but podcast wise, you know, funk twenty seven wise is is my website, in case you were wondering. Uh Twitter and TikTok wise, you know, it's all been a bit of a blinder. Right? So things are going well. I have Patreons now. Quicked off of the cap, by the way, to the Patreons. What's up? You know, I've just sold 200 seats in a show in February in London. And I'm not trying to sound all braggy here. I'm just saying, end of the year, driving home to your mum, who you don't see that often, and you're surrounded by other people you see even less. Right. And it's a natural time to reflect and to feel pride in what you've accomplished. And, you know, yes, if I'm honest, perhaps to expect some level of validation, maybe for my low self-esteem, maybe. Or you know, or just bare minimum boilerplate just to receive some interest in the things I've got going on. Some acknowledgement in how far you've come. So that's the context. Now let me walk you through this. So then we get to my mum and my stepdads. Where literally no one could give a fuck less what I say or think about anything. <laughs> like it's... The, f- the fucksometer is at zero. Just none. Just no fucks. Like... And look, some some of you may have wondered, you know, what kind of upbringing or family unit would be necessary if we wanted to create the kind of human who ends up so desperate to be listened to that he ends up talking to himself for an hour in his shed, living off the fumes of tweet validation. And you know what? You're about to find out. Lucky you. Consider it my Christmas gift to you, dear listener. Because honestly, like I could do a stand-up gig in front of 150 people. And it could go great. And I could get established comedians coming up to me afterwards saying shit like, you, you fucking smashed it, eh? Hey? You know, I could put that shit on Facebook where it's pretty much just me and my parents <laughs> are going to see it these days. I could sell this show out in, in Soho, right? And no one will say shit about it at Christmas or whenever. It is... It is honestly like the best kept secret. Like if you if you had a thing that you wanted no one to talk about, 
You should put it in my family group chat where no one will ever mention it again. It's like, you know, so my, um, my, uh, my job's going pretty well. You know, I have, uh, I've got, uh, three direct reports, just silence, you know, <laughs> just complete disinterest, just fucking tumbleweed blows up. And even the tumbleweed looks around like what the fuck happened here? Starts like, you know, desperately trying to, to blow itself away from this awkward as fuck family dynamic. Like, like even the tumbleweed is like this. No, this is too weird. Like, I'm, I'm off. It's like they just really don't give a shit. You know, like I, I don't even bother mentioning the stuff like the Soho gig anymore because like, they, I mean, they just don't care. Like what, what would be the benefit of mentioning that? when I know they won't care and it will just it will just irritate me how little they care so just you know like why bother like what what is actually essential information for me to give to them at this stage of my life anymore like the bare men they know so little about me like I could tell them the tiniest bit and I swear to god if they actually listened to it they it would blow their fucking minds you know I I got promoted and I have three direct oh, what when did that? What you work in IT? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really worried about what's going to happen to my mortgage next. Year. You have a mortgage, you know? Like, yeah. Hi. Um, my name is Aid. What? You Aid? A I? Okay. Uh, nice to meet. Like, you know, like we're we're dealing with boilerplate base level information now. They just don't give a fuck. You know, just. Just zero fucks. My parents are in their fucks overdraft. Now, that is how few fucks they give about the intricacies of my life. And I'm not even saying, like, like it depresses me at this point, you know? It's just sort of... Just sort of funny, you know? Like, the contrast between, you know, when I turn up and the, the conversations that aren't... <laughs> that just don't take place. Like, my stepsister will get a new job and it will be headline news like the other one the other one has just gone back to university in her 40s right and good for her fucking amazing my brother will get a barbecue and the conversation will basically become a 30 minute advert for the barbecue like it's like but to give you a bit of context on what does constitute elaboration and further analysis, like my brother will get a barbecue and it'll be like, oh my God, like, and you say it does three, three different settings and it has, it has a grill and, and two keep warm areas. Is that, uh, where did you get it? And it was, it was only 299, you know, like they want to know everything about this fucking barbecue, about my stepsister's new job, about my other stepsister's new course, every nook and cranny for 45 minutes or an hour. And then there's me. And honestly, I just feel like a fucking caricature in their biopic at this point. Just this paper thin extra you know, they cast at the last minute because the scene looked very slightly too light on numbers, which sounds, you know, I know it sounds self-loathy or, or something, but actually it's like it's not really because the only way that that ever manifests is by, you know, not not feeling listened to and then doing shows like this. Right. <laughs> but, but in the moment and in the broader feeling of not being acknowledged or not being asked questions or, 
you know, talk to an awful lot. Like, it it doesn't actually upset me in the moment. It's It just is. You know, it ju that's just how it is. If that doesn't sound too weird, right? I feel like I, in that setting, in, in a day like that, I feel like, um, like, you know when you watch a movie and it's been, like, poorly written and all the characters are two-dimensional, you know? Like, she's a lesbian, but that is her entire identity. Like, she can't answer one thing in the movie without somehow referencing her lesbianism, right? That is just her whole thing. Or he is the best friend. But his entire existence in this movie revolves around this guy over here and reacting to his interests and his love life. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this best friend guy is from a southern state, you know, like a, a Mississippi. And then... All of his personality is rooted in stereotypes and cliches that some Californian writer would run to when he's trying to think about what a southern state white guy would be. Like, you know what I mean? Like caricatures, two-dimensional characters, like paper thin, no substance to them. That is me in my family. I am the second son. I'm a dad. But that is it. That is my entire personality. I don't have a job. I don't work in tech. There's no goals or podcast or political activism. I am just the son who has two kids. And I'm just there to, you know, orbit the protagonists to react to their dialogue and ask them questions about their lives, right? And I know that sounds grim. <laughs> I know it sounds like, but I, like as I say, it's not actually that dispiriting. Like in the moment, it's fine when I'm there. You know, like it's all actually, you know, pretty normal. Like I'm just opening presents with the kids, and we'll have a nice time, and you know, a nice meal, and everyone kisses and hugs, and it's lovely to see everyone. But I just cannot escape this unacknowledged feeling you know that nobody gives a king's cross fuck you know and i don't know like maybe a lot of people feel like that you know like just generally or or maybe it's just you know extra potent at christmas kind of thing maybe that's it because you know like everything else on social media there's just this there is a huge contrast between what you see of other people's lives and then what you experience as your own, right? Like the good times of other people are amplified and filtered and airbrushed. Whereas yours that you experience through your own eyeballs and everything are obviously in you know, high definition and fly on the wall realism at all times. Your friends' Instagrams look amazing and fun. Everyone's drinking, singing, laughing. And you get this perspective of what their Christmas must have been like. Or I do, at least, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe their dad asks them who they go for lunch with at work. You know, how about that? Maybe sibling, uh, siblings ask them if they, between them, they should do a Christmas thing one year. Maybe we should, should we do it together like next year? Maybe their siblings ask them that shit. Maybe the mum asks the daughter's husband open questions. 
Like, you know. So what's all the rugby charity event stuff I see on Rob's Instagram these days? You know, like that sort of stuff. Aid, tell me about this podcast you're doing then, you know? Matt, Matt, over here. Come and have a come and have a beer with your uncle. Tell us about Florida. How was it? You know, you just get a vibe that that is what other people's Christmases are like. And then you remember, like the whole day, you were asked three questions, right? And two of them were, "Hey, it's good to see you. Uh, everything all right? Yeah." And would you like a tea? Like that's the first two. And then the third question was you asking yourself, why do I just have this inescapable black dearth inside me? Like, like, those are the three questions that you're asked all fucking day. I mean, I'm over-amping this a little bit, right? Like, it's fine. I'm fine. It's just, you know, maybe, maybe you think this is sound, this is the sound of, uh, you know, a grown adult man with giant unresolved family issues, you know, treating this podcast like it's a fucking therapist. <laughs> and I should get back to riffing about Sunak and, you know, what, the 1922 committee or, or whatever. But no, actually, this is my belated Christmas gift to you all. Like, if you were wondering what kind of environment might be necessary if we were to condition someone into talking to themselves for an hour twice a week who was desperate to be listened to. Now you fucking know. That was my gift from me to you, apparently. Quick swig. Cheers. I don't know. Like, does anyone else get that? You know? Maybe it's... Maybe it's being the youngest. Maybe it's just that it's Christmas time. Maybe it's... We all don't know each other as well as we used to know each other. So there's that sort of divergence. And I long for feeling closer to, to people, you know. Maybe it's just we all have kids now. You know, and I've always got the kids around me. So it is impossible to speak at any length. With any substance. Like if you have children, you will know what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes I'll tell people in passing, right, or, or indeed I'll, you know, joke about it on here, that I, you know, I self-medicate my way through the weekend parenting. I just do. And, and you'll get people saying, like, really? You drink around your kids, like, on the weekend? And I'm like, mate, from three o'clock on a Saturday, I am usually smashing back beers like I'm on a fucking stag night. I am. It's like I'm celebrating a promotion every weekend, three o'clock. Saturday because then it's like you know like when you don't get much help from either set of grandparents right and I know this podcast is sounding a bit woe is me I'm sorry I don't mean to be such a downer but it is called and other disappointments right so strap in but when you don't get much help from either set of grandparents when it is just the two of you like you can try talking to your partner you can try stimulating your brain with a podcast or a book, you know, in the spare few minutes here and there that you have. But honestly, everything gets interrupted. It just does everything. You know, like you could try talking to your husband 
you could try having that conversation that you're logging uh, logging for like you could you like around the breakfast bar in the morning say about you know two in the morning let's let's keep it in the afternoon so it's more palatable to talk about the idea of drinking but you're talking to your husband around the breakfast bar right and you'll say something like oh i i i read a really interesting piece the other day about and he'll be like oh yeah what, what, what's that about and you'll go so it's about mummy, 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 mummy. And that's it. You're interrupted. What, what, what is it, sweetie? What is it? Mummy, I ate a grape. Well, that's, that's, that's great, Ophelia. Thank you. A anyway, yeah, it was, um, it was about gender dynamics in the developing world. And how the grape was squishy. The grape was squishy, mummy. <laughs> yes, love. Yes, no, grapes are a bit squishy. Anyway, yes, look, it was about how women are fighting to get opportunity, but you're not listening, mummy. You're not. Li I am listening, but mummy's trying to talk to mummy. I did a poo. I've just done a poo. Like, I just want to talk to daddy. Please, Ophelia. I just wanted to have one conversation with that. Oh, wait, no, no. Daddy's daddy's run away to stop the other one from licking a plug socket. Fucking blinding. Good talk. Good talk. Thank you. We nailed the fucking points there, I think. Excellent. I'm opening the carver. Like, that is... Like, after the thousandth time that that happens, you just sort of, you know, give up a bit. Right? After the thousandth time, just pass me a fucking beer. Jesus Christ. May as well get hammered to the point where my, you know, half-cut attention span catches up with how often I'm distracted from making a point because I'm hammered, right? If we can get those two to meet, that is... Optimal parenting. Then it's like, oh, I read a really interesting piece the other day. Actually, do you know what? Never mind. Let's put Prodigy on. Oh, actually, fuck it. Like, TikTok notifs are coming through. Fuck everything. It's just less annoying then. So once the adult conversation with your partner or your parents, you know, on Christmas or whatever, is, is removed... Then it just becomes an exercise in, you know, making Duplo fun. <laughs> making purposefully losing snakes and ladders so you don't set the other one off. Making that tolerable, right? And so enter alcohol in that situation. Like a fucking marching band of self-medication to get you through it. It's here to save me. Now... Just to circle back here, you know, obviously, if you're driving on Christmas Day and you're sober and everyone else is getting hammered, you don't have that medication to help you through it, right? So, I don't know, I guess the distraction and the interruption and people not really listening to you or giving a shit, I guess it just feels, you know, sharper, right? Maybe there's a bit of that to it. Like, if the kids were kept busy, if we had a bit more help, if I could have a couple of beers, maybe? Like, maybe I would have felt a little bit less sensitive. And I guess what I'm saying in a very roundabout way is, yes, drinking alcohol would have made me happier. Wow, Wade, what a fucking revelation. I'm so glad I tuned in for this with these intellectually stimulating conclusions. Is this A. Thompson or the next project by Serial? I just don't know. So that was my Christmas day. Again, not being listened to. And thank you for, you know, 
humoring me and sick through that. My dad, by the way, let's let's really fucking dig into this, shall we? Can't believe I'm saving this much money on therapy. Thank you, guys. My dad will sometimes feign interest. Feign it, which is a step up, right? I mean, let's, you know, while we're really pulling apart the family dynamics for your amusement, just so you have something to break the monotony of your drive or, you know, train ride home or whatever. While we're, while we're doing it, let's really fucking, na- let's dig into this, right? My dad feigns interest and he, li- but he lives a couple of miles, a uh, couple of miles, a couple of hundred miles away. And so I Skype him on the weekends, right? But my dad's right. I don't know if you guys have dads like this, but my dad will ask me questions about the podcast, you know, or if I've done any comedy gigs recently. These are his sort of stock questions, right? But then he'll do that dad thing where he just stares blankly at me while I answer him, you know, until it's his turn to speak again, right? Like, as you're sat there speaking, looking at him over Skype, you're wondering if the fucking connection froze. Like, he's that glazed over and daydreaming, completely switched off to the question or the answer to the question that he's just asked. You know, I'm explaining something to him or answering him or giving him the information that he says he requires. And I'm, st- I'm looking at his face while I'm answering it. Like, and I'm thinking consciously in my head, like, has my Wi-Fi gone? Like, no, that is him. He's just motionless. He's just staring into nothing. Like, I'm obviously just that boring. He's that unengaged. None of this information is going in. Like, it's like he's buffering. You know, he's fetching the next batch of content from, from an API on dial-up. Like, he's the, it's that so... I don't know if it's if it's a dad thing or if it's a my dad thing or a, an older parent thing. But that is what he is like. You know, he said his bit. Now I'm saying mine, but he's checked out, you know? So again, not listening, right? <laughs> and some of you listening to this, you know, if indeed you haven't, glazed over and gotten bored or your kids haven't interrupted us here and now you're pouring out another brandy at half two in the afternoon self-medicating yourself (laughs) if you're still listening to me now you might be thinking well hang on a second aid you know sounds like maybe you're quite sensitive about your mum and your stepdad and people like not really listening to you sounds like you're a bit you know maybe that's a really vulnerable sensitive point for you and now maybe you're projecting that unfairly onto your dad like you're so oversensitive about the idea of not being listened to like how do you know he's not listening to you because i fucking know all right i just know because he'll he'll ask a question i will answer it and with a paragraph's worth of speech right But then he'll ask me something seven minutes later that shows he wasn't listening to the answer to the first question, right? You understand? Because he would have known the answer to the second or third question if he'd listened to the answer of the first one. It's like a conversational slip-up. A telltale card, if you like. So an example, I guess, right? Here we go. 
typical Skype call. He will ask me what my week was like. Okay, nice question to ask. Shows an interest. And then, so I will answer. And within that answer will be a line about, for example, how in my week I caught up with my friend Felicity in London, say, right? So it'll be like, so what have you, uh, what have been up to uh, this week? Well, I caught up with Fel. Oh, cool. Okay. How, how was that? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, we met up in a, in a oh, charmless but uh, overpriced spit and sawdust pub just off Carnaby Street, actually. And he'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Anyway, then we'll flip back to his turn to, you know, him to answer back. And then it'll be this bit. And he'll tell me about the dentist and how it costs 200 pounds. And then it, what his plans are for dinner that afternoon. And then, right, this is about seven minutes later. Then he'll go, so did you, um, so did you get up to, uh, to London this week? And boom, there it is. I'm like, yes, dad. God, fucking hell. Are you even listening? Like, what even is this? Is, is this a conversation? Or are you, are you just saying the lines that you think someone should say in a conversation? You know, like, is, is this the Truman Show? Is that what it is? Ask, like, ask me a question and then you deadpan me for three minutes while I give you the answer to the question you just asked and the one that you're about to ask seven minutes down the line. Like, what, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, what, what value is there in us having this exchange? I could code a chatbot that would ask me this stuff and retain the information to a higher standard. Like, how, how did you and mum ever split up when you have this much in common? It's a fucking match made in heaven. You could, you could ask the questions, I could answer you, and you won't remember any of it, and you won't get in any trouble because she won't ever ask. Fuck my entire life. And why are we still using Skype? Like, is there some placeholder feature? On Skype, where you can, you ask me a question and then you change your video feed to a placeholder of a marginally engaged you while I talk you through my week and then you go off and make some toast and come back when it's your turn. Because that is fucking clever, but also hugely insulting. Like, what are we doing here, Dad? Is what I say. You know, internally. <laughs> never externally. I would never explode like that, you know, at him. But that is how it feels to be kind of cross-parent, not listened to. Do you ever wish you could just come out and say that stuff, though? Like, do you ever fantasize about being able to just fucking say it? Like, it's such a wonderful fantasy. Imagine just being able to explode and say the shit you're dying to say without worrying about the repercussions and the family rifts it would cause like if you did it would feel i mean it would feel mean wouldn't it that's why i don't do it i don't want to feel mean i don't want to feel insensitive which is how it would feel right like the guilt would be on me then i would feel bad which is kind of ridiculous Like, if that's you, if you're a bit like me, right, with this stuff, right, where you don't explode, you you keep it all bottled up because you don't want to cause rifts or cause trouble and all that shit, right? If that's like you, it's like, is there a part of you, like there is a part of me, that thinks it's ridiculous for us to take it on, you know, to take it on our shoulders? Because then it's like... It's a bit like, you know, 
the slow, traumatic and brutal assault on our psychology by our parents over decades is fine because, oh, you know what he's like or, you know, why do you have to be so argumentative or, oh, you're such a troublemaker. It's f so we have to take that all on. Why are you always causing a fuss? You know, all of that shit. But raising your voice over Turkey or on a Skype call <laughs> one time. I swear to God, it would be like, you ungrateful and wayward child. You know, if I did explode, honestly, it would end up being some months long silent treatment and family splitting grudge and shit. Like, you can't explode because a one-off comment of truth is somehow worse than the lifetime of trauma you're riddled with. You know, <laughs> like... Like, I was okay with psychologically bruising and raising you with an unquenchable sadness aid, but I get off the bus at you momentarily raising your voice at me. Like, that is how it feels like. And it is fucking ridiculous. Anyway, look, that feels like a good point to pause here. Have a little beer. Cheers once again. Feels, feels like a good point to pause here and answer some of the Q&A questions that I've appealed to you guys, dear listeners, uh, and specifically the Patreon backers, uh, who will get priority with the questions, of course, for obvious reasons. Um, the doff of the cap, once again, to the Patreon backers. Thank you for your continued support throughout the year. Um, so, look, I have a few of them on here. Let's get into it. These questions need answers. And you know what? It's nice to answer questions from people who actually listen to the answers that I'm giving them. And yes, I am a card-carrying member of Team Petty. I am petty and bitter tonight. Let's do this. Starting with the Patreon questions. Here we go. So, uh, Kerry from the Patreon say, who would your dream uh, says, who would your dream guest be on the pod? So, who would my dream guest be? Um... The person I would fanboy over the most would probably be Dave Grohl. Um, and here's why, right? So I was, I was a huge Nirvana fan back in the day, right? And obviously Cobain is dead, has been for a long time. I'm sorry if, you've, if you're just hearing that from me now. Um, that must be pretty devastating. But that, that happened a long time ago. Um, and Chris Novoselic was the bass player and he went a bit nuts and Trumpy. Uh, Grohl seems like a good egg. Um, um, who else? Uh, intellectually. So, you know, I used to be a massive muso, kind of still am. But like intellectually and politically, um, I really enjoy listening to Ian Dunt's uh, uh, commentary on things um he writes for the eye if you if you haven't read his stuff then definitely go and check it out he would be i think he'd be a great guest um i emailed him a while back actually uh i like spoiler alert or like backstage uh intel here i fucking carpet bomb like it podcast invites i send them out just scattergunning hoping that people might reply um but yeah he, he was within my list i was like oh please reply please reply um but I assume that, you know, I, I never heard back. And I assume he looked at my Twitter, probably, uh, and saw me tweeting about, you know, Tories fuck livestock and all that stuff. And he probably went, 
this this gentleman I'm looking at here, I, it's hard to see how he's going to benefit my career. Is this a wise move for me to collaborate with this guy who's on about Tory's fucking livestock? I don't know if this is a goer. Maybe I'll sit this one out. Is is how I imagine that going? Um, another Patreon backer. Uh, his name is Silent, and he has asked, "How? Uh, sorry, what would the what would be the price point?" For you would... Oh God, I can't read. Sorry. I've only had like half a beer and I can't fucking talk tonight. Um, what would be the price point for which you would pivot the podcast to a pro-Tory position? Is that deliberate alliteration in there, Silent? Or is that just accidentally amazing alliteration? I'm going to read it again. Here we go. Um, what would the what, what would be the price point for which you would pivot the podcast to a pro-Tory position? Um... Okay, so how much would they have to pay me to compromise me is really this question, isn't it? And make me go true blue, home counties Tory, you know, really lean into my heritage. Um, the thing is, right, so shady deals like that, man, they're kind of stupid on the part of the person who's trying to pay the person. On the part of the person who's trying to pay. I've got alliteration flying off my lips now. Um it's it's a dumb move by people who are trying to buy off uh, someone like me. Because here's what would happen. I would take the money, right? I would jack up the fee. I'd take the money. And then I would just cut them off three times harder. Like, I would use it as fuel for an episode of the podcast. Like, I would pay off my mortgage. Fine. Sure. You know. But then I would just start fucking ruining them, you know, and then they would be forced into this awkward meeting where they'd be like, I can't believe we paid Aid Thompson 500 grand to put out support. And then he just did 180 on us. Like, and somebody else would be like, well, yeah, he fucking hates us. Like, why, why would you why would you pay him half a million? You idiot. Like and some, you know, fumbling Tory guy in CCHQ would be like, yeah, actually. um, Yeah, I suppose in retrospect, that was a really fucking dumb move. So, yeah, I would. I'd probably take enough to pay off my mortgage and then I would just do a 180 and fuck them over. Uh, next question. Who would be your dream sponsorship? Both beer and non-beer related. Um, okay, so beer... Careful I don't knock my cable here and fuck the sound up. Um, so beer related, Beavertown. Uh, or Brooklyn Nago. I really like both those beers. Beavertown or Brooklyn. Um... And then uh, non-beer related brands, I guess fucking super dry would be good because, you know, they're wildly successful. So they could afford to actually pay me properly. Um, but also I, I fucking love their stuff. So I, I like I wouldn't want to be a massive sellout and like partner with a brand that was that I thought was shit. So Beavertown, Brooklyn Lager or super dry because I, I actually this isn't super dry, but I do wear a lot of super dry. So there you go. You can have that one for free, guys. Uh T-Rex, also from the Patreon, says, Aid, you are in charge of the Cabinet Secret Santa. You have to get a gift for each member of the Cabinet. It's a crap gig, but you, that is what you have to do. Okay. What truly awful gift does each Cabinet member receive? Right, so... Do you know what? I can't remember who's in this new Cabinet now. I'll, I'll try and refresh... I'll try and quickly go through some of the ones that i remember so uh nadim zahawe is still in the cabinet i think uh obviously for him pantomime horse outfit 
that seems you know obvious but also quite cutting and like i say paid up team member of fucking team petty let's do this uh who else grant shaps i would buy a pack of three name badges for grant shaps um who else uh jeremy hunt um no idea no idea for jeremy hunt i feel like he's just sort of emotionless you know he's got no issue attacking doc uh, attacking doctors and nurses you know no issues with austerity um taking money and facilities from people who need them um which all of that sounds bad right <laughs> sounds bad but the upside is you could buy him a thing that he really needs or a thing that he really doesn't need and the response would be the same he's just emotionless i think he's probably a psychopath maybe that's why he hates doctors because they've diagnosed him who knows but i think you could buy him a fucking egg and the response from him would be the same he'd be like thanks very much for my egg you know the end um okay so who, who else is there michelle michelle donnellan donnellan is it or donnelly she's the culture secretary now she took over from nadine dorries i think um big shoes to fill uh i don't know man culture secretary what would you get like they're all they always seem to be obsessed with woke and wokeism you know whether it's dorries or donnellan or uh oh fuck what's the fucking guy that looks like um the dude out of game on He's obsessed with woke as well. He used to be chair of the Conservative Party. Oh, I can't remember his fucking name now. It'll come back to me in a minute. Blonde-haired guy. But he's obsessed with woke and wokeism. Like they're all, all of them are obsessed with it. And yet none of them can define what woke is. This thing that they all have such a problem with. They can't define it. So as culture secretary, I would buy her a fucking dictionary. There you go. Um. Right, next one. So I've got a few questions here from TikTok. So, uh, Marge888 says, Room 101 question. What five things could be people, institutions, technology, whatever. What five things would you cast into the oblivion? Okay, so here we go. I thought about this one in, in advance. Here we go. House of Lords. CCHQ. Not necessarily the Conservative Party, right? That There is a distinction to make there. Because I think it's good to have balance. I know balance is a dirty word these days, right? But it's good to have a, a right and a left in the political sphere when it is centre-left and centre-right and they're arguing over, you know, the little things and how things should be smoothed out. Policy ideas that they could both have a different perspective. That is a good thing to have. But this current crop of conservatives in CCHQ with their donors and their second jobs and their 38 billion getting siphoned and their VIP fast lane fucking nonsense, just get in the fucking sea. I'm done with it, you know? So that's two, right? Uh, third one, corporate crossovers. This is not really political, so bear with if you're a political listener. Corporate, well, I mean... <laughs> All of this episode has been me bitching about Christmas and my family and shit. So if you're not a political, if you are a political listener and you made it through that shit, then you're fine with this. It's okay. Um, like corporate crossovers are my bugbear. Okay. Like, and if you're not familiar with the term, 
that's fine because I've sort of just coined it. But you know when there's a sort of liberalizing technological shift, right? It's usually a product or a website or an app that comes along, like eBay, for example. Simple idea. You connect people from over here with people over there. This guy can buy an old coffee table from that woman over there, okay? Wicked. You've connected them. You take a little fee. Fucking amazing. But then the corporate crossover happens, right? So you, then you start getting Argos shops on eBay. You get, you know, brand new phones for sale, like WH Smiths selling pens on there. Like the, the first three results on your eBay search are from official outlets. You know, it's like, this is eBay, you fucking twats. If I wanted a shop, I would go to the shops. This is not part of the USP of eBay. And it's the same with Airbnb. You know, like it starts off as a guy over here connected to a woman over there. He wants to rent a room for a couple of nights in Dorset. She has a spare room. Boom. Now you can go on there and... You know, you've got your room, your weekend settled for your dirty weekend away when you're going to do God, God knows what to your mistress. Amazing. Great product. Good for you. Have fun. But now there's hotels on there. There's proper B&Bs. Like, get the fuck off here. That is a corporate crossover. My friend, um, I think it was, was it Lisa Cross or was it? I can't remember who it was now. Uh, somebody was describing it to me on the podcast as uh, the gentrification of product. And I think that nails it. I think it's like, you know, it starts off being something for quote unquote, the little people like me and you to do, to make a bit of money, to connect, to sell things, to get some revenue or whatever. And before you fucking know it, big brands, come. it's like the shortage of digital. I know I'm laboring the, the point here, but that's what I do, right? It's like shortage in a, in a sense that shortage used to be a graffitied punk rock, cool place with artists and venues. And then it became so cool. It went over that gentrification bell curve. And now what's that? Nobody fucking lives there. It's too expensive. Now it's like advertising agencies. Now it's fucking galleries. Now it's like, you know, places that rich people go to, to spend. Anyway, look, um, what else would I, what else would I ban? What else would I throw into room 101? The monarchy. I'd get rid of the monarchy. I would, I would, I'd water it down a lot, you know, because like maybe bidding the monarchy completely is too drastic. That's a bit too radical. That's a bit too hard left for me, but I would dilute it massively. I would be like, okay, look, you've got a palace, you've got investments, fine, but you don't get press offices anymore. You don't get this. You don't get more money coming in. You just wind that shit the fuck down. I don't want to see headlines anymore saying Kate dazzles the crowd in gorgeous beige dress. Like, that is not news. I don't need to know that. This person doesn't need to be distracted by that. Can we just draw a line under it and move the fuck on? Take your palace and fuck off. Chris Bradley says... Do you think the WEF's Agenda 2030, it's the World Economic Forum, uh, and, the crap, and the crap that they want for us in the future, do you think they will get what they want? Uh, Chris, I have no fucking idea. Um, if this is on some dystopian shit, 
you know, some new world order kind of stuff. I'm here for it. <laughs> I am. If it's about social credit and the great reset and all that stuff, you might be better off. Like I did a guest appearance on a guy called Josh Hamilton. Uh, he does a podcast called The Gist. I did a guest appearance and we talked about social credit and cryptocurrencies and and loads of stuff. Uh, and we talked we talked about the pros and cons of all of these things. So maybe go and check out that. That's uh, the gist with Josh Hamilton. Um, and that's out at the moment. Um, what else have we got? I'll do a couple more. OK, here we go. Um, Valleymaxi.co.uk. No idea what that website is. Don't blame me if it goes off to a load of gimp masks and whatever. Valleymaxi.co.uk uh, says, why do the English people not go for a big strike to change the government? The short answer to that, Valley Maxi, is British people are fucking kept dumb by British media. Like you have a majority right wing newspapers. Those newspapers set the headlines and the tone for the news that day. Uh, LBC, the BBC, Sky News all check what the papers say in the morning and they do carry on pieces. They expand on pieces. You know, they, I'm not saying that they're editorially independent. I'm saying that they do take their tone from right wing newspapers. So news in the UK is quite right wing and it misrepresents and it frames things in a certain way where most people are actually not aware of how grossly, disgustingly corrupt British politics is. That is the short version uh, without going on a 10 minute rant about it. Uh, next one. Kelly Boys says Star Trek predicted that a united Ireland would come about in 2024. And Scotland have just proved that this is not a voluntary union. So do you see a continuing UK for the next five years? Um, maybe for the next five years. I think Scotland will leave. I think that's almost certain. I don't know if Ireland will. My mum's from Belfast and I'm not actually that. I'm pretty ignorant about Irish history. Um, but what I do understand to be the case, and I'm happy to be corrected, what I do understand to be the case is um, is that there are groups of people, significant numbers of people in Northern Ireland who identify very passionately as British. Um, and hilariously, they supported Brexit uh, in a bung <laughs> to... To with with Theresa May, um, so they almost sort of, uh, yeah, made a rod for their own back, for want of a better phrase. Um, he supported Theresa May, who then slammed in Brexit, and uh, now they are cut off as a separate trading entity from the rest of the United Kingdom, which they're not very happy about. Hence the huge conversation around the Northern Ireland Protocol. But before, like, I don't want to go too deep into that. Uh, what I will say is that there's a lot of people in Northern Ireland who see themselves fundamentally as british which is why if you go to parts of northern ireland you will see a lot of union jacks waved around and when you watch news footage of northern ireland loads of union jacks in particular parts of northern ireland and i i think it would take a very charismatic leader with a lot of gravitas and vision and clever ideas to be able to persuade volatile parts of northern ireland that what they actually need and what is best for them is for them to rejoin the Republic of Ireland with whom they have such a tumultuous history. Um, as I say, I'm not totally across Irish history. There's a lot that I don't know, but that 
is what I understand to be the case. I just can't see Ireland healing those wounds in the next five years. Um, could be wrong, you know. I didn't see the UK creating such division in the space of five years as we've seen. So fucking anything's possible. Um, uh, Spill the beans says, this is an interesting one. Okay, so do you ever suffer burnout or similar from the constant shit show that is British politics? Do I suffer burnout from politics? Yes, I do. Um, but it's, you know, it's fine. Like it's, it is chaotic. It is exhausting. It's depressing. Um, but I usually just have a day off of it. You know, I just won't make a TikTok that day or it will be a day that there's no podcast that I need to do. Or, you know, I'll take my kids to the park um, or, or I'll solely focus on my job all day that day and do loads of one-to-ones or, you know, distract myself from shit. Um, or I'll do a podcast that isn't really politically rooted like this one. Or I've just been ranting about my family and, and Christmas and shit. Um, okay, look, let's do... We've got a little bit more time left because I, I don't have to go back in the house uh, too quickly. But we'll do some Instagram questions now. So I put it out on all three platforms, right? And these are the questions that came back. So TikTok, quite insightful, right? Quite good questions on there. Uh, the Patreon ones, great questions also, as you would expect from the Patreon backers. Um, then you get to Instagram and it's a different thing, right? What does this tell you about the demographic of Instagram versus the other questions that we've just had? What's your favorite drink aid? <laughs> I'm going to say Beaver Town. Nice, nice and quick. What's your favorite drink? Uh, fine. Okay. Uh, although right now I'm drinking Camden Pale Ale. Um, have I ever gone skinny dipping? Uh, I think I did once, actually. Yes. Um, I, think I, I think this is right. I think I got hammered at Maidenhead Regatta. And I jumped in with a couple of friends. But I, I think there's a risk I might be merging two memories there. Like it, maybe it wasn't the regatta night. Maybe it was just in the river that we also went to the regatta one time and got really hammered. Um, anyway, look, yes is the short answer. I have been skinny dipping. I'm almost certain of it. Uh, have you ever watched Harry Potter? Fucking no. <laughs> I don't. Like I, I'm sure it's great, but I'm not into fantasy stuff. I cannot fucking stand it. I just can't engage. Like goblins, dragons, witches, you know? It's just not me. Give give me a legal thriller about a corrupt official blackmailing a lawyer in New York or something. You know, that is my that's my fucking jam. Uh have you ever cheated? No. No. My dad had an affair. And it broke the family up. So, no. Um, do you love your life? This is all so Instagram, isn't it? It's like, do you watch Harry Potter? What's your favourite drink? What's your favourite colour? Do you love your life? What car would you have if you could have... Like... Okay, so, do I love my life? Yes, I do. I know I moan a lot. That's sort of what I do. I rant. I moan. Um, I have the two most beautiful children in the world. Um, which is really, you know, that is quite lucky, I think. That is quite, I mean, what are the chances, guys? What are the chances that the two most beautiful children separately, two, the top two, would both be born into the same family under the same roof with the same father? I am incredibly lucky um, to have to have them. Um, and I have a job that I really enjoy. 
and I love doing the politics stuff and the podcasts. Uh, I like the, the engagement that we get and the conversations we have and the Patreons are wicked. I'm really enjoying building that community. God, I sound like a right twat, don't I? Building a community. Um, but yeah, I do. And, and my girlfriend is, um, you know, she'll do. She'll do, won't she? She's, yeah, she's passable. Um, okay, couple more questions and then we really are done. So uh, are you going to get a tattoo? Only if it's something ridiculous. If, I, if I've got a spare like 400 quid one day, I would love to get a tattoo just on my shoulder of my own face pointing at my shoulder with a speech bubble saying, this is my shoulder. Like, that is, like whatever tattoo I do end up getting, it has to be fucking ridiculous. And that would make me laugh every time I got out of the shower. So that is, if I'm going to get a tat, it would be that. Maybe I'll set up like a crowdfunder. And if you all are willing to pay for that ridiculous tattoo, I will get it. I promise you. Um, how many selfies do I take a day? Fucking none. Like, I maybe it's self-consciousness. Maybe it's like, you know, not having a high opinion. Like, my teeth are fucked. My ears stick out. I look like a rat. I, you know, I do TikToks already. And I, I have to, when I look at the comments, I have to see my face in the back. I'm self-conscious about how tired I look. I, like, nobody needs to see. You already know what I look like. The only time I take a selfie, really, is if, you know, my profile picture has got really old. Or, um... Or if I need like a new promotional, sh like I had to do one today, actually, weirdly, because the thumbnail for this episode, I wanted me like photoshopped on Jesus <laughs> standing on a cross, you know, and I, I had to get the angle right. I didn't have a picture of my face from that angle. So I took one then. But that's about it. I'm not really a big selfie guy. I, I hope my Instagram feed doesn't have an awful lot of selfies on there because I honestly, I don't really do them that often. Um. Okay, quickly, before before I go, before I run in the house, a uh, big shout out to the Patreons. Thank you so much again to uh, Anthony, Pingu, uh, David, Alex, Chris, and Rax, and then Ricardo, Silent, T-Rex, Oliver, Sarah, and Kerry. Thank you so much, guys. You really mean the world to me. I'm having a great time in the Discord chat. Um, I'm going to try and pop in there a little bit more often and continue to give you guys a heads up of when things are happening. Um Looking forward to, to meeting a lot of you that I didn't get to meet at the last meetup in Brick Lane um, at the live show in February in Soho. Thank you so much again uh, for continuing that support. Thank you also to everyone else for continuing to tune in. Um, once again, I do one uh, solo show every week on a Wednesday, and then I usually do a guested show on Friday. This Friday night, my guest is returning favourite, John Left of the Countryside. Super psyched to get him on. Um, and yeah, until next time, stay safe, guys. Really wishing you the best for 2023. Keep it booge. Keep it hashtag binfluencer. Until next time, we outie.